Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Health Ignited Podcast with myself, Dr. Nick, and Dr. Sonia Jensen, my amazing wife and co-host of this podcast. I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to every episode. You know that we love to talk about hormones and relationships and how that's affecting us as we age and our kids and people beyond the years that we're at currently. And it's uh, such a passion of ours to really educate on this. Uh, so if you like what you're hearing, just please you know, subscribe to our channel and make sure that you're staying up to date on all the latest episodes. So uh, recently, we've been on a bit of a hiatus from our podcast because we, uh, or Sonia, released a few of her Mothering and Mindset series that seem to coincide with Mother's Day, right? Mm-hmm. And so why don't you talk a little bit about why you thought that was important before we get into the podcast? Yeah, I think there's just so many things that we don't talk about when we enter motherhood, some of the challenges around our emotions, um, postpartum, depression that many women go through, um, the challenges that the body goes through during pregnancy and even after, and how self-care really isn't a thing for so many years because there's so much effort and caring for the family. So I just thought it was important to have these conversations to give women permission to just pause and reflect on like what's working for me, like where am I not taking care of myself so that I can be more energetic for my family, so that I can step into these different phases, like we talk about perimenopause and menopause, and how can I actually set myself up for success going forward, because often when we're in the thick of mothering um, at different stages, we're not thinking about those things, and then we crash when finally there's like a moment to actually think about those things in perimenopause, because now our body's starting to speak a lot louder and before maybe it was whispering to us and we just weren't paying attention because we couldn't because we were busy. Mm-hmm. I love the education you're bringing out to the world because I think it's so important that you know we start to get a clear understanding of what's going on for us hormonally so that it because it's clearly affecting our behavior it's affecting our mm-hmm. relationships and if we can have dialogue around what's actually happening there's things and steps we can take in order to implement more self-care but also to dive deeper into our own self-discovery with, you know, maybe it's lab testing or maybe it's nutritional changes or an exercise routine. And if we don't understand some of the backdrop and this, this dialogue that seems to be hidden a little bit from, um, you know, from regular conversations, because maybe there's a vulnerability of like weakness or can't, can't do it yeah. all or, you know, the expectation of the culture. Yeah, there's so much like loneliness that happens during those years. And it's because we're not talking about what we're actually feeling and thinking because we want to look a certain way or we're comparing ourselves to other moms out there. And so when we're suffering alone, that's when the challenges occur within the family because now we don't have patience for our partners and for our kids. But if we start speaking to these things and know that we're not alone, we know there's a solution too. So we understand that, okay, you know, um, my cycle isn't doing what it's supposed to do or... I'm in a stage of my cycle where I feel a bit more irritable. Like that's why we're talking about all these things. So we start to pause and understand that 
one, it's temporary, and two, there's things that I can do to improve my relationship with these hormones so then I can improve my relationship with my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one last thing I'd like to say on that that you, that you mentioned that was suffering and isolation. Like I think those those two words are extremely powerful mm-hmm. and they really speak to what so many people are dealing with. And I would say men too. It's not just women that are suffering in isolation. But obviously, these are the dialogue that you had yeah. with uh, the, the amazing women that you spoke to. But maybe just uh, talking about maybe those two pieces just briefly and then we'll jump into uh, estrogen, which right. is the, the focus of today's podcast. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that could be, this could be a whole podcast on its own mm-hmm. uh, when we're talking about suffering because I think it is a choice. Um, there's going to be discomfort, there's going to be challenges, but the suffering, we sometimes choose it because, one, we're told we're supposed to look a certain way, behave a certain way, and when we step into comparison and competition and not feeling maybe um, worthy or enough, all these things, these old beliefs kind of, seep their way into how we're doing life as a mom, then we suffer because of that, because we're not actually tuning into our own intuition. Like we get really disconnected from ourselves and from our community and even from our kids, because then we're in our minds so much and not in our hearts and not being present, but instead thinking about what am am I not doing, what, what I need to do. And there's just so much of that that goes on. And that's, I would say that's not just for moms that's for dads that's for humans in general i think we suffer because we are stuck like we're stuck in this disconnect and that isolation piece i think happens more in our north american culture um especially with parenting like we're not in that um village kind of mentality where we can lean on each other but instead we feel like if i ask for help then i'm not doing it right and then again it goes back to those old beliefs so i feel like what parenting does, it gives us an opportunity to heal those stories, but we're not all told that this is going to happen when we step into parenting. And then sometimes some of us don't have tools to deal with it. So it takes time to uncover why we're feeling the way we are. And I I would say as a culture and as a society, we've just tapped into this like loneliness rather than setting up communities for each other. Yeah, which really highlights the whole idea of suffering in isolation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we were going to dive deeper into estrogen today, but because of everything that you're sharing, I think it makes so much more sense to really talk about the Instagram post that we did around cycles. Right. And how so much of, you know, what you're describing really may come on like a week or two inside a woman's cycle. Mm -hmm. and And then like everything's fine. Right. And then so like that feeling of isolation and suffering may not be there the whole month, mm-hmm. which is just absolutely fascinating, right? Yeah. And it's almost like we can, I don't want to say bypass, but we can disregard how we felt maybe at some point in our month. Uh, again, I'm speaking as, as if I were a woman going through this experience, but I'm describing it the way that in which you describe it to me. But I think maybe this, this would help to sort of tie that together a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so... So we're going to break down this discussion into four parts with the four parts of a woman's cycle and how that relates to so the, the different states that, are, that you might find yourself in. So before we jump into that, though, what was the post that we did? Like, what, what, were, what were the nuts and right. bolts of it? Okay, so in the video, we broke it down into four different phases and how a woman's monthly cycle 
um, things change for her and how she's perceiving herself, uh, the people around her because of the hormonal changes that are going on and how that might impact um, a relationship. So we kind of exaggerated some things and also not so, so much because I think we're really highlighting what people are thinking and feeling but maybe not communicating with each other which then creates disconnect. But the more we talk about these changes that are happening in our monthly cycle, the easier it is for us to understand one another and know that it's not you. It's like... It's you. It's, <laughs> it's the, the hormones. It's the neurotransmitters tied to the hormones. It's our perception because of the hormones that then change our actions. So we laid out, you know, follicular phase when estrogen is really high, like phase one, um, the lining's getting built, like women feel a bit more extroverted and energetic and want to be out doing like HIIT workouts and running and just have more capacity for that because estrogen's so protective when it comes to like injury, our brain, our cardiovascular system, everything. So we just feel different. So it's easier to connect. And then during ovulation, when, you know, estrogen peaks right before and then testosterone comes in, that's when libido is really high and, you know, women feel just a little bit more sexual and just feel better in their body. So again, it's going to be easier to connect. But then those drop off and then in phase three, progesterone comes up and depending on, you know, lifestyle, other challenges, environment, toxins, everything, how she shows up then might be a little bit different because she internally wants to be more... Um, I don't want to use the word isolated, but just on her own a little bit, just more internalized. And, you know, she needs different things. She needs to slow down a little bit. But often that doesn't match life today because of work schedule, kids, lifestyle, whatever it might be. And there's so all these changes are happening. And so it's easier to feel irritable. It's easier to feel disconnected to your body. So patience is lower because of those challenges when things are not balanced. And then phase four, when you're finally letting go, like there's almost like this whole body exhale that happens because there's such a buildup in that last week that now it's like, now she's tired from that buildup from before, so she needs more nurturing. So we just highlighted how that can be a challenge for our counterparts if they don't know the waves that a woman is going through through her month. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So can you break those down again, just in, in those simple parts? So the first phase is the follicular phase. Yeah. 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 So that's when the endometrial lining is starting to build. So estrogen is coming up and it's basically um, signaling like your brain to be on more. So you're, you've got more focus, more motivation. Um, and then it's telling, you know, LH to rise, which is your luteinizing hormone, which will then signal ovulation. So your ovaries will release an egg. And then and that's phase two. Yeah, right. so that's ovulation, so the release of the egg. And then phase three would be the luteal phase where estrogen kind of comes down and progesterone starts to peak. And progesterone's our hormone that helps us feel really calm. Um, it helps to activate GABA receptors, so that's that neurotransmitter that helps us feel calm. It works also with melatonin, so women might feel a bit more... Uh, some women have better sleeps during that time. Some women don't, depending on um, where your progesterone's at. So here you want to be snuggled up, reading a book, 
maybe writing more, journaling, slowing down, doing more yoga, going for walks, eating foods that are going to help support progesterone. So that's like healthy carbs. Um, so how you move and how you do life starts to change. And then phase four is where all your hormones are low because now your lining is shedding and you're releasing that bleed. And then that bleed will look different for everyone. Some women can go through it with ease and some women have really, really heavy bleeds because of the changes in their hormones. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think someone even asked you, like, why are you counting the first phase? Isn't that, shouldn't that be when the menstruation bleed? happens? Yeah. So why, why did you decide to break it down in this way? Well, because something needs to build up before it can be released. So yeah, I see... I thought that was a really powerful way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. So I see the bleed as being phase four of like, it's the end of the month. Because how that bleed shows up is very dependent on that whole month. So it's not just about what you did the day before that's going to influence your bleed. Um, what you've eaten, if you've traveled, the stressors you've experienced will influence that bleed in that phase four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's huge because I think, like, like many people, we kind of look at... Oh, I've got the symptom today. What did I do yesterday? Yeah. Or what, what happened like an hour ago? Mm -hmm. And we're so uh, like just short-sighted on, on the actual bigger picture. And, and when you actually spread it out over a month, it becomes more clear. Like, did I nurture myself yeah. in that, you know, third phase or whatever uh, in before menstruation? Or was, I, was it really like a really intense time? Or you mentioned travel too, just, just the impact of circadian rhythm changes going from one time zone to a next like yeah. that's extremely disruptive mm -hmm. even for people who are going to bed too late even on the weekend and then trying to recover through the week like yeah. all of these things are going to play a role on how that monthly cycle looks yeah. yeah so how was that video helpful for you like knowing those cycles or getting to know what's going on yeah or well, like you I mean, know when i don't like it when you're chewing a certain way right i mean part of it is like uh, because you you've taught me for quite some time right i mean part of me sort of knows that there's a rhythm um, and I think someone asked before, like, why don't you like map out her cycle so you know exactly where she is? I have a rough idea, but I'm, I'm definitely not that precise on knowing exactly where you are. And like any day, you could also just be a little different than, than the expectation of what you're supposed to be in that week, mm -hmm. right? Because I think it's also easy to go, oh, I'm supposed to be down and internal or more like having an internal worldly experience right now when maybe you do have energy to to be more extroverted you know so there's there's always going to be variability but i think that the way you you sort of map that out for people is really helpful so um how did i reflect on it it, it just reminds me of uh i think of you know even say going for a run you know, because often I'll ask, I'll ask Sonia on, on Mondays, actually, if we can go for a run together. And I sort of, in the back of my mind, think about where you might be on your cycle. And I mean, this week you're actually in pain, so you don't want to go for a run. Your back mm -hmm. is sore. Um, but I'm, I think it's allowed me to be a little more mindful of where you're at. Um, as I think as men, we tend to just want to like, you have an idea, we want to go go to completion. We're not always thinking about their extraneous circumstances or, or maybe I'm speaking for myself. But when I take you into consideration, it does make me be a little more, more mindful of, of where you might be at mm -hmm. and the boundary of where I am and where you begin, um, there may be more, um, fun and playfulness at certain times of the month than, than there would be where you want a little bit more isolation, a little bit more introspection. Mm -hmm. So 
so as the video went through, the first the first clip was Son and I running together and we're like happy and we're give each other high five. And that's like that's like a week after or so of menstruation. And then the second one is in that ovulatory phase where I'm I come up behind you while you're doing the dishes and you're like feeling productive and you receive a kiss and a hug from me and you're it's very loving. And then we we get into the, the, the funny phase, which is where I'm chewing on this uh, uh, almond butter toast with uh, great exuberance with <laughs> a whole lot of like loud sloshing around my mouth and just showing the impact of my you know my boundary interfering with your boundary and it uh, caused some disruption yeah right so obviously it's, it's an exaggeration I don't chew like that all the time no but that's what I hear that's what you hear in that week <laughs> you may not chew like that but that's what my mind yeah, yeah so that's seeing. the exaggeration yeah. um, that that I don't notice and those are some of the subtleties that that I've be- tried to become more aware of, you know, to go back to your question, I've tried to become more aware of how I'm possibly impacting your experience. And one, one way could be of looking at this, like, Nick, you just, why do you have to walk in eggshells? Like, why do you have to be... Well, I was going to bring this up because yeah. that's been some feedback from some men yeah. on the videos uh, that, oh, so we're just supposed to cater to women all the time right. and she gets her way again. Like, there's been these kinds of comments. So, like, yeah, I want you to speak to that if that's what this is actually about or do you feel like it's to create more connection? Yeah. Well, I know what you want me to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't, before I answer, why don't, do you want to share a little bit of like what you, what I, you experience? Or do well, you want, I, do you want I, I asked first? you a question, so I want you to answer okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Instead so, of the deflect. No, no, I, I was going to come back to me anyways, uh-huh, but uh-huh. just because you had a strong opinion around uh, some of the feedback yeah. that you got, that's uh-huh. why I was seeing if you wanted, to, if you had something top of mind that you want to get off your, um, okay. My, my experience of what, um, maybe other people are saying regarding, you know, do you just have to cater to your woman all the time? I think that there's, there's a couple different ways of looking at this. One is that I think, I think of the role of, of a man in a relationship. And, you know, if uh, someone once told me that we're like the banks of the river, we were there to create support and, and structure and guidance for this incredible flow of energy, which is a with that creative uh, female energy. So part of it is like the banks of the river are solid and steady. So despite what someone may be going through, can I, can I be in my presence and my, in my strength of who I am and not feel um, like I'm at the whim of like the current, so to speak, uh, of, of how maybe you're, you're experiencing life. Now, sometimes I'm not, I'm not perfect. You know, you can be a little volatile at times uh, and I can be a little shaky on, on the riverbanks. But I love being able to show up for you. Like, I love being able to make you tea at night. I love to know that I'm giving you what you need and and vice versa. I love that you can do that for me too. So um, I don't see it as rolling over. It's more like we we both show up in relationship in, in the way that we do. And how can we experience life even better mm-hmm. by giving each other what they need? and being a support and understanding when someone's feeling shaky, can you still stand your ground? Can you still be steady? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the piece for me that I keep having to, oh shoot, like I could have been more steady. I didn't have to react. Uh, a men's camp, there was a, uh, in the past when we used to go to a yoga camp in the summer, 
one of the, the elders at the camp was saying, uh, the mantra for men is don't bite the bait. Don't bite the bait. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, if you're feeling shakiness or stress on, on your partner's, from your partner, are you gonna bite the bait and react to it and go like, you know, you shouldn't be behaving like that. You know, take care of yourself, make your own tea. Or, you know, we don't, we don't need to bite the bait of, mm -hmm. of that reactivity or that potential reactivity. Can we just be solid in who we are? And I think that that, for me, I feel more confident in our relationship when I can just be steady for you, right? And I can take constructive critic criticism or feedback around chewing noises or other things. <laughs> and I like it because it strengthens my character. I don't feel less than. Um, if I felt insulted by it, if I chose to feel insulted by it, then sure, like I could play out a whole scenario inside my head to make you wrong. Right. And I'm the man. You can't talk to me like that. Like I don't. I don't see a, a loving, um, evolving relationship where you have to be subdued or submissive. You know, um, you can be you. I'll be me, and I'll be able to stay steady regardless of whatever wandering energy or, or um, internal or external way that you want to mm -hmm. express your energy. Yeah, and I think for uh, women. Uh, it could be really helpful in the relationship if we had a space where we could communicate these things that are happening throughout the month in a constructive way. Because often in the beginning, like if somebody's chewing and you're not liking it, it might be more of like irritability and be like, do you have to chew that way? Or it could be this like, yeah, reaction that shows up. But if there's already an understanding of like, hey, I'm in my like last week of my cycle so it'd be really great if I maybe sat over there at eight and you over there and nothing to do with you but it might just be helpful for our relationship yeah. to be able to communicate because then it doesn't have to turn into this like thing but there's an understanding or then maybe that brings laughter into it mm -hmm. right so then just by saying it it'll probably dissolve even the reaction or the feeling of irritability or maybe it opens up a conversation of like okay if I'm feeling extra irritable right now what is it that I'm not doing that's going to help me and then maybe our partners can help us see that too mm -hmm. yeah because I think maybe an argument from like maybe some men who are feeling like oh I'm supposed to just submit to to what she's feeling like maybe she's just being a jerk hmm. right so what would you say to that yeah I would say that's where the communication lines have to be open. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I talk actually a lot about during pregnancy with couples, um, that you know, when a woman's body is changing and she's growing this other human, there's a lot going on inside of her that you can't see. You're just there to witness it, but you have no idea all the changes from the food cravings to the body changing to her ligaments being really relaxed and the pain that's showing up, like all these things are happening but the counterparts don't know. So I always encourage the women, like, say it all. Like, every little thing that's showing up for you, like, try to communicate that. And I think we have to start doing that even with our cycles. That's why I love those, um, we were just talking about earlier, those pain simulation things around, yeah, like, yeah, period pain. Yeah. Because people don't know. Like, I, I have a high tolerance for pain, so my back's been hurting. And people ask me, you know, for somebody else that might be a 10 out of 10, for me sometimes it's a 5 out of 10, but it doesn't mean I'm not in pain because I'm still doing all the things, but I'm in a lot of pain. And so I think we haven't found a way to fully be able to express that or um, 
you know, share that in a way that somebody else can understand because we're still doing life when we're in it. So I think for somebody on the outside, it's like, well, you know, she's still able to get the groceries, do the things with the kids. She's still doing everything. So maybe it's not that bad. But if we are able to communicate like, hey, I'm not feeling balanced right now. I'm not feeling steady right now. And these are the things that maybe will support me. It's not going to just support her. So it's going to support the whole unit. Yeah. And I think that's super important. Is yeah. that it's, it's easy to get into comparative analysis. Like you're behaving that way, that way, that way I can do this thing and sort of like distance myself from you and be upset with you or pretend I'm not or what have yeah. you. But to create disconnect, how's that serving the, the foundation of the family? Yeah. Right? So like we like you say this a lot with the kids, like, are we contributing to the team? Mm-hmm. So if we're seeing each other as a team and we recognize that the one player in the team has different cycles and hormones and things that they need yeah, support yeah. in to be able to contribute to like what's the intention of the whole unit, yeah. then I think there's more grace given to each. Totally. Person. Actually I heard uh, Brene Brown talk about this, like she was talking about her and her husband like coming home from like a day. Mm-hmm. A day that could have could have been just brutal. And they kind of give each other like a, a score out of a hundred. The percentage, like, yeah. Sweetheart, today I'm a twenty. Like mm-hmm. that's all I got. I got twenty percent. That means my ability to show up in the way that you may need me to, we're not. I'm, I'm not going to be there. And then you know the partner might go, "Don't worry, I got you. I'm at a I'm at a sixty myself, but I'll pick up whatever slack I can." And then like to what you just said, that's supporting the team. It's not. He said, she said, you're doing this, you're behaving this way, you're having to submit, you're being dominant. Like, we all play a different role in these cycles. And one of the things that you brought up, you didn't elaborate on, but maybe this, if you want to elaborate a little bit on the study that they did where they, they got men to wear devices that would mimic yeah. cramping yeah. so that they could ultimately feel compassion. Because I think that's the gateway for, for people is to have compassion for the other person. We can't know what pain feels like for you, like for the other person. No. We can't know what a hormonal swing looks like for the other person. We can have an idea based on our, on our own experience, but it's really impossible to know what that other person is actually going mm-hmm. through. But pain is a powerful teacher, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I don't know if it was necessarily a study, okay. but um, an, an experiment. An experiment kind, where yeah. yes, there was those. I don't know if you call them a stimulator or whatever like it was. Electronic, electronic device. Yeah. That, yeah. And it had a, a pain scale of like one to two, a 10, and then 10 out of 10 is like really extreme pain. So 10 out of 10, they basically said this is what endometriosis feels like. Because with endometriosis, the, the lining or the endometrium is basically like leaving the uterus and finding home in like the gut, really anywhere in the body. But there's a lot of inflammation. So when these women are bleeding, it's often very heavy, really, really painful. And so that's like a 10 out of 10. And then some women might have like a 7 out of 10. So this gentleman got, got to experience that entire scale. And he might have been like an officer of some kind. He was an officer. Yeah. yeah an RCMP officer. So like you think like stoic, strong, like you, you go yeah. through discomfort, right? So once he you know, started feeling it at like a 3 out of 10, he's like, okay, okay, like around 5, 6 out of 10, he's sweating now. And at that time, she asked him to stand up. And he's like, no, I can't. She's like, no, you have to stand because he was feeling it down his legs. Because right. another thing that women feel often, if they have low back pain or even front pain, it's going radiating down their legs. So your legs feel really heavy and almost numb. And she's like, okay, now stand up. Now imagine like going grocery shopping, right. going to work, doing a presentation with all of that still happening. And then when he got to like the 10 out of 10, he was like, he couldn't speak. 
and they just wanted him to do like a yeehaw because they were um, at the Calgary Stampede, I think, or something. And he couldn't, he couldn't voice it because it was so much pain. Yeah. So like, I know the world can't completely change as a society to fit a woman's like monthly cycle, but something needs to give. Because I do think if we tap into like when we're more productive, this is men and women, mm -hmm. when we're more productive and when we can't be productive because of pain and all of this, like I think the workspace would be different. Like everything would be better for the better because we're listening to this rhythm. But we're, when we're constantly fighting against it, that's creating more challenge um, at that end or that last week of our cycle because now all month we have felt disconnected and not really looked after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. And, you know, when you think of someone who's, you know, and we have patients who literally go to the ER because they're in so much mm -hmm. pain during their, their monthly cycle. Like, mm -hmm. I think that many people who don't, like, even women who don't have this experience, they don't really know how well, bad we it is. we had this happen. I used to take a day off. Um, we were in Taiwan together okay. and oh, yeah, 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 I took yeah. a day off because I just, I couldn't go. It was really right. heavy and super painful. And this was for years, even when we were in naturopathic school, I would have to take a day or two off right. and not show up because of how heavy and cause I had my own stuff going on then. And I remember you looking at me going, so what are you going to do? You just take a day off every month. And it was, there was such a lack of compassion in that statement that mm -hmm. I felt at that time because well, one, we weren't at that space yet or we were talking about my cycle or Maybe mm. you understanding, but this I think happens all the time when when we don't understand what's happening for another person, like physically, yeah, it's really hard to yeah have that compassion. I guess totally. Yeah. So do I'm, you feel bad now? I, I do. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for not knowing you more deeply yeah. and, and 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 appreciating mm -hmm. the pain that you're in. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say like even for other women, some women don't have issues whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and again, I, maybe it's not the right person to say that because I'm a man. Um, but you know, just from my own patient population, I see some women who it's it's not really a thing. Yeah. And for others, it, it can be as debilitating as having to go to the ER and needing pain medication. Mm. And I think for many women, like probably friends even that you that you grew up with. You guys would probably often talk about, you know, needing the ibuprofen or something during mm -hmm. the cycle because the pain is so intense. And for men, we just don't know that whatsoever. It's just yeah. not, it's just so foreign to us. Yeah. I do want to say, though, pain is not normal. Like, it's been right. normalized. Mm -hmm. And sure, just take ibuprofen or whatever it is that you need. I think that's been, like, marketed a bit way too much mm -hmm. around what what that pain is telling you, that there's something that's wrong. Yeah. And, however, because it's been normalized, I know many patients, even just in the last week, that came to me because of the pain. And they're like, we keep going to our doctors. And he keeps saying, it's just normal. Yeah. Just take your ibuprofen. It's fine. Yeah. And they're really feeling dismissed. And I said he because all of those examples were men because they didn't understand. And there's been women too, for sure. Right. In that other seat of like the doctor or the OB that have dismissed women's pain. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, just, you know, suck it up. That's just what it is. Yeah, I thought it was interesting you said he. Because yeah, all of the examples were men. <laughs> thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> because they don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's this assumption that, oh, that's just part of it. So just deal with it. Or, or here's the birth control pill. Then don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that, you know, in our, I think, in, in nothing against, you know, GPs or, or no. like, it's really just no one as healthcare providers, we don't like to see anyone in pain. Mm -hmm. We want to help people get to a place out of their suffering. 
And it, it's not just about taking a pill to, to you know, uh, make the pain obsolete. It's how, do, how can we investigate more? How do we find out? How do we support someone in that pain experience while discovering the deeper issues that are, that are happening within yeah. the physiology, right? I think that's super important. So uh, we started this conversation kind of talking about, you know, the, the isolation, the suffering. And you mentioned a lot of things where I think men for our women or, or partners in the relationship, how can we be more compassionate? And I think it starts with a conversation, mm -hmm. right? And then, and then maybe making it a little bit relatable. You know, I mean, all of us experience pain to some degree, right? I mean, the more sports that I play as of recently, I'm finding new areas of my pain, pain in my hips and my hamstrings, the whole posterior chain of my body is really tight. Maybe because I didn't, you know, take care of it properly. Um, and there's things in my own movement patterns I've noticed now that, that are like really speaking to me because I haven't been paying attention or haven't taken care of it properly. And so I'm rehabbing pain in my own way. And it, we, if we're not in it, it's not until we're in it that we see how it affects the quality of life. Mm -hmm. And just daily activities, things that you wouldn't even think would be an issue, like you were doing your back, you were doing a specific exercise that wasn't, you know, directly challenging your back, but then you tweaked it and mm -hmm. then it throws you off. Yeah. And so sometimes it takes us to go through our own pain journey to go, oh, okay, well, I, I can have compassion for someone else going through mm -hmm. a challenge right now. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and pain's a hard one because like you said, it impacts everything and impacts your ability to even be present when you're so focused on the pain. And so like bringing it back to hormones and you know things that we talk about in regards to like aging when our hormones are declining that protective armor isn't really there yeah. to help support us as it would have been like 20 years ago if i tweaked it maybe you know a few hours later it would be fine i'm on like day four or five right now and it's definitely changing mm -hmm. but there's just more susceptibility now because of the decline in the hormones and where you are in your cycle so when i'm in my first which this is a little bit tricky for me right now because I was where I was supposed to be in my estrogen-like peak, um, but I got injured. But often when you're in your estrogen peak, you wouldn't necessarily get injured that easily. So again, I'm going to take that as a hint of like, okay, I need to test my hormones again. And I was planning to anyways this month. My estrogen is probably low this month as it fluctuates in perimenopause, like some months it's high, some months it's low. So I'm probably in my low month, which made me more prone yeah. to injury. So that also can be helpful when you understand each other's phases or you understand women's phases, you know what to kind of expect, what should be. And if it's not, then you can start to question and start to investigate like what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you bring, bring that up, just where you were in your cycle and where the injury was. Uh, another way to look at it is maybe maybe the fact that you're actually moving through it fairly quickly is right. also a sign that you're in a phase where you right. probably recover faster yeah. as opposed to, you know, the third phase of, of your cycle. Mm -hmm. Just another way of looking at it. Yeah. Okay. So we just need to injure you in the third phase right. of your cycle. <laughs> to see, do, <laughs> do the experiment of N1. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. So takeaways from this. So we did, the, we did this video. Um, I'm being super annoying uh, to you in, my, in that third phase of your cycle. What do you suggest for, for partners to, to work through? Like how, how do partners work through uh, these, these changes that, that women go through each month? Yeah, well like you were saying, you kind of have an idea of my cycle. So maybe there's like a shared app 
or something, or it's marked on the calendar where the cycle is, so there's an understanding if there's something going on or you're feeling like your partner is off, maybe just kind of looking to see. And then instead of saying, oh, oh yeah, I was just going to say that. And it must be, ha- oh, it must no. be close. Well, uh, let me finish. Okay. Instead of saying something like that, you could be like, oh, I'm noticing that you're like in your last half of your cycle or a week before, like, how can I help you? Like, are you feeling uncomfortable or yeah. what, you know, is there something I can do? Instead of being like, oh, uh, yeah, it's coming, isn't it? Because right. I've heard that before. <laughs> oh, you must be close to your period. Yeah. <laughs> then you're going to get the boys starting to say that soon too. I right. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to say along those same lines, um, Sonia sometimes send me, sends me memes to teach me things. <laughs> so one of the things that she sent was just around how you communicate. Yeah. How you ask to, questions. How you ask questions. So instead of saying, what's wrong? Yeah. Or like, you seem grumpy today or some, yeah. or I can't remember what, what the meme said. Like, try this one. Yeah. So what were some of the suggestions? Yeah, instead of saying what's wrong, it's, it's just what I reframed earlier. Like, oh, I see that you're here. Um, you know, is there, some, is there some discomfort that you're feeling? Like, how can I support you? And then just being able to listen, mm-hmm. uh, which we've talked about before can be a bit of a challenge between male-female brain differences. So if you guys get an opportunity to listen to that podcast that we did because with you you want to like get to the solution so maybe in that communication it's like asking do you want me to fix this do you want me to just listen which you've started doing now too mm-hmm. like how can we best communicate right now in this moment yeah and then another suggestion that meme was just to do nothing yeah just hope that their, their partner will will just talk to you about it and this, this is kind of brings us back to what we talked about earlier when you when you questioned you know, some of the feedback that you got as maybe like, does a man just roll over and submit? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is where the banks of the river, if you're, if you're steady in who you are and you can be there for your partner, that maybe the, the hug and just, hey, if there's anything that you want to chat with me about, I'm here for you. Yeah. Maybe something like that, right? Yeah. Because we often have a conversation when you say, like, I just want you to be softer and so I think if you show up that way as the banks of the river and like steady, it's easier for that flow to happen. It's easier if like if somebody says, what's wrong with you compared or or it could be like, I'm here. What can I do? There's, you know, there's a very different energy between those two interactions. Totally. That first one, like it's easy for defenses to then come up again, depending on your mm-hmm. background, history, all of that um, and how centered you are in yourself but knowing okay i'm not going to be super centered in that last half of my site or that week before that saying what's wrong with you or what's wrong might not be the best thing yeah and i think it's just it's such a common yeah you know thing to say because yeah it's automatic it's automatic like i don't think that there's any real negative energy other than like it'd be nice if you were actually you know showing up with more positivity and all that, you know, whatever that thought process is for the individual. And this can go, it's not just, no, it's you know, both ways. Man, woman, yeah. it can be both ways. Like I could be like dragging my feet around the house, a total, total bomb. Yeah. And, and I know be, I've done that before. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like what's be, your problem? You're like, dude, like what, what's happening? Yeah. And, and, and like, and for me that sometimes works. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so depending on how the dynamics of the relationship, sometimes like I actually don't mind like a little, Hey, like, like, wake up, like, what, what's, what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the other person may not. And so I think that we also treat other people the way that, that we think 
would work for us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always work either, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's such an interesting, challenging conversation to have with, with your partner, but an important one because then you can, you can slowly over time start to, you know, um, evolve the team, so to speak, and, and, and really get you know, have each other's backs and not feel like you're compromising who you are, but you're actually learning more about yourself by learning about your partner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, agreed. Agreed, okay. So that was the cycles and uh, more to come on that obviously too. Mm-hmm. But uh, thanks so much for tuning in and please th- and thank you for, for tuning in and please keep sharing any questions that you have around any of this content or topics you'd like to dive into. And for those of you who don't know, uh, we, we do this every month with our team. We have, a, we have a Health Ignited Club where we dive deeper into topics and have like a round table of sorts where we get to connect with the people who are part of the group. So if you'd like to learn more about that, where do they go? Um, DrsJensen.com. Yeah, and you can click on the Join the Health Ignited Club. And we'd love to see you there. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited Podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, DrsJensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.